Can you talk a little bit about audience reaction and and fan reaction? Um, because I'm I'm here on one hand, you know, representing a fan made podcast that ended up getting a lot of traction. Yeah, it, it, there's a lot of content that's being created around your content. How do you feel about that? I think it's great. Yeah, I think it's great. Um, look, we we are a fiction, but we know that we live in a world right now that is in many ways pre-Gilead um, under a Trump administration. So the battle for human rights, the battle for feminine rights um, are, has never been, I think, as intense or as important. So um, we found ourselves not just doing um, a dramatic thriller, but we found ourselves doing a show that seems to be a part of the resistance. So women um, throughout, throughout America, but also even throughout the world, are wearing the handmaid's robes and using it as a form of protest. And so that's an honor. That's yeah. a privilege. And, um, and so we want to do a powerful, fictional, dramatic narrative but we also don't want to disappoint them. Do you feel a kind of responsibility? Now, I, I don't know where you stand politically, but I'm just going to go ahead and guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> do you feel a sort of responsibility to use the show to, to speak out in a way against things that are going on now? Is that something that, that weighs heavy on, on the writers and the cast and the crew and the producers? We want to be, be relevant. Um, you know, we opened uh, season two in Fenway Park. Um, so a cathedral of baseball, and it's uh, the site of uh, a massive gallows, and 60 handmaids are, are standing up on those gallows, and they're about to be hung. And so our world takes place in Boston, and so using Fenway becomes particularly relevant. But that comes out of fascist regimes throughout the world have used stadiums, soccer stadiums. They've used those kinds of, 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 of hallowed grounds to make those political statements. So, so that informs our dramatic choice. We're not doing the news. We, don't, we, we shouldn't do that. But we think that our, our narrative can be as compelling as it is by reflecting the world that we're living in. So we were inspired by the world around us. We're always inspired by Margaret Atwood's vision. But we also must tell a compelling, thrilling, dramatic hour of television. And that separates us from, from a news program. We're not. We don't want to be. How does it personally affect you because I, I can imagine that you'll watch the news and it's so easy to draw parallels to what you're doing on the show how do you feel when you see the news and and you're like oh god we are 10 steps away from what we just created yeah I'm a big watcher of MSNBC and I'm also an American working in Canada a lot so I feel it's a little bit of my duty to stay informed <sighs> look I I I think being a part of the resistance, which is what we are, is a responsibility. And we do take that seriously. But we're also honored to be a part of it. Um, and I'm old enough where I was a part of the Vietnam protests. 
And I saw that with the Nixon administration as flawed and as screwed up as that was and lying to the public about, about what we were doing in Vietnam and in Cambodia, our country came together and united in protest against an administration that was corrupt. And so a lot of very good things for our society, culturally, in so many ways, came out of the resistance. And so I can't help but feel the parallels of that. And that, I think, is also where hope comes from, that in these are extreme, harsh times. But we are seeing examples each and every day of why we're in a battle and also why we should have hope. Can we talk a little bit about the show's handling of race issues? Because this is quite clearly on the surface about issues of female empowerment and, and women's rights. But then, of course, right below the surface, you do have a very diverse cast. And it's interesting to see the levels of power that, uh, that some of the people of color have and, and how that's developing through season two. Can you talk a little bit about it? Yeah, I think we've just begun looking at, at race uh, on this show. You know, it was a significant departure from Margaret Atwood's novel, which doesn't deal with race. No. Essentially, minorities are not included in the world of Gilead. And in an effort to say, this is real, this is now, we didn't want to do a racist show. We could do a show about racism. So we made that leap, and we discussed it with Margaret, and she said, I understand that. I understand that completely. I wrote the book over 30 years ago, and I understand why you want to be relevant. You know, we, with Samira Wiley and OT, we, we, we have some outstanding cast members, and then, you know, we have um, Handmaids and, and, and additional cast that's diverse but I think we've just begun the process and that will only continue to examine race in this world um, of Gilead and what that means as well as feminist rights thank you for listening everyone uh, thank you again to Jennifer White from Slacker Radio for hosting once again find them at slacker.com online or download the Slacker app for free in the app store uh, we hope everyone enjoyed the podcast and is enjoying the interviews. Uh, if you're enjoying us, please let other people know. It's a great way for us to get the word out about the podcast and for you to help us. We are just fans like you doing this show. There's no big marketing budget behind this. There is no big uh, money behind this. So it is really mostly all word of mouth. So if you could give us a shout out on Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever you are listening to your podcast or come over to our Facebook page and write us a review. Uh, we would really appreciate it. So once again, hit us up on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. And also next week, we are going to start a little uh, weekend reviews show. So if you write us a review, uh, wherever you decide to do that, we are going to read about it and find all the ones that are out there and see what all the people have to say. So if you want your voice to be heard and help us spread the word, please go Apple Podcasts, iTunes, and give us a rating and a review. It helps everything that we do. So we'd love to hear from you. And uh, once again, thank you again. Hope you enjoyed the interview, and we will see you next time. Hey, everyone. It's Justin. Welcome. Hope everyone is well. Thank you once again to our friend Jennifer White from Slacker Radio for hosting these interviews. Uh, Slacker is a streaming music service. I think you really like it. If you check it out, it's fun. It's different. It's also... 
we have a radio station on Slacker Radio. Uh, that's right. We have our very own radio station. It's called Handmaid's Resistance Radio. We started it last year. It is curated by us. We picked all the music. Currently, we have uh, all kinds of great music out there, including stuff from amazing female artists, you know, songs of empowerment, inspiration, and rebellion from all kinds of people across genres. So you're not going to get just one thing. It's all the music from the show, all the music from these artists that are really um, inspiring and empowering uh, female and feminist causes. So definitely check it out. It's Handmade Resistance Radio, and that is on Slacker Radio. There are two ways to listen. You can download their app for free from the App Store, or you can listen online at slacker.com. Once again, that is Slacker Radio. Please, please, please check them out. Thank you again, Miss Jennifer White. So season one, I would say that set kind of a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, um, we're pretty satisfied with what we accomplished um, in season one, but season two, we got more ambitious. Interesting. So so when you are coming off a high, such as season one, we're talking critically, audience love and fervor for it. I mean, the cast so far, everyone I've spoken to is so passionate about this project. How do you take it to the next level? Now, now you've worked on so many different series, very successful ones. Thank you. And how do you push forward? Well, I think not to repeat yourself. Not that we don't want all those acclaims and, and not that we don't want the cast to feel that way, but but I think in an age of infinite choice, in this peak TV, platinum era of television, respect the audience and know that as complicated, as complex a narrative and character development as you want to do, they'll be there for you. They will follow you. They expect it from us. So in season two, we didn't try and duplicate what we did in season one. We tried to go beyond it. Our ambitions took us to the colonies. In Margaret Atwood's book, she refers to it, but her narrative never goes there. And it felt for us that that was a new dimension of Gilead that we wanted to present to the audience. So we did. And it's an entirely different physical space. Like a lot of The Handmaid's Tale, from afar, it looks rather beautiful. And the closer you get, the more horrific it is. And so in our thematics for year two, in our production, everything we just tried to do more expanding margaret atwood's world that's a huge task to take on because it's such a, a beloved and, and acclaimed book was there any relationship with ms atwood moving forward as you decided to expand into the colonies and beyond into canada yeah well uh, margaret <laughs> margaret has the least fear about our expansion of anyone. Cool. She's like, go for it. She's quite remarkable. Um, and Margaret loves to hear from Bruce Miller, our creator, our showrunner, um, where he's headed. Uh, she's had one day uh, where she spent a few hours in the writer's room last summer, and um, she was like, this is incredible. It's a group of people all throwing ideas out at the room, throwing cards up on the wall. She, because her creative experience has always been a solo one. In 1984, on a rented typewriter, she wrote The Handmaid's Tale in Berlin. 
and so her prolific solo experience was uh, she just was in the middle of that writer's room and just said, this is insanely, these are incredibly bright people who know about events from all over the world and are then finding dramatic interpretations for how that pertains to our world, Gilead, The Handmaid's Tale. She was very turned on. So basically we, we show her outlines and scripts and Margaret has great enthusiasm and oftentimes will say, hey, you know, what about? Or you might want to think of and, and oh, here's a thought I had. And she's, she's kind of a creative factory. She's got a lot going on. But we have her as an active consultant and that's wonderful. That is wonderful. Yeah. Now, talk to me a little bit about the choice to release the episodes as you do. I mean, this is a very binge-heavy, give-me-all-of-it-at-once kind of time right now. Yeah. Uh, what's your thought yeah, process talked, there? We talked with Hulu about that. Um, uh, they're a streaming platform, and, and you know most content on streaming platforms, you get an entire season in one shot. And we thought maybe it's right that we're different. Maybe it's appropriate Let's give the audience, year one, we gave them three hours to uh, immerse themselves in. Uh, year two, we do two hours. But we really felt, look, it is, it's intense. There's, it's complex. It's okay to wait. It's okay to have a little bit of that tradition where you wait, you, you think about it. If you want to watch it again, go ahead. And then it's perfectly appropriate. It's maybe better for this show to consume it that way as it's been creatively with everything uh, we go through with Hulu they said we agree with your thinking we have had debates internally about binging but you know what we agree and there is something to be said for for this show in particular walking away from almost every episode just emotionally destroyed (laughs) you know Uh you feel like you need that reflection period to kind of build yourself back up for the next round yeah look uh, we pack an emotional wallop there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about it we want to do that that's that's quite deliberate but I also hope that we're giving a ray of hope year one is about survival for Offred and the feeling is well if she doesn't give up then we can't give up we are we are tied to her with mm-hmm. a sense of hope. And I think in year two, again, against massive obstacles for many of our characters, hopefully we, we haven't forgotten that, they, that the audience needs certain vitamins and minerals to continue the journey, and, and I think we do give them hope. 